The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world, everybody. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. I have two amazing guests on here well it was funny we were talking before we started here and and what <laughs> jeremy what did you call zach uh, a, a corporate uh, a big corporate muckety muck <laughs> uh what's your nickname for jeremy zach we're gonna have fun I I you can tell we're already off to having a good time today so yeah well my nickname for him is really i told you so because he always figures things out six months after i tell him about it yeah it's a pretty common theme for us for sure <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I have uh, Jeremy and Zach with us today, everybody, and they're uh, into the wellness. And well, D- Jeremy is in—he's a podcast host. So is Zach, um, and they do a bunch, a bunch of other stuff. So what I like to do, guys, uh, obviously because I haven't done my homework, but I'm really <laughs> glad you're here. Is I always have my guests introduce themselves to my audience and like who you guys are, what what you do, and then we we'll rock and roll. Cool. Uh, well, my name is Jeremy Grader. I'm one of the hosts of the Fit Mess podcast. And really, the mission of our show is to help people who are like us uh, several years ago, who are just sort of sick of our own shit and want to get out of our own way and start living happier, healthier lives. And, you know, Zach and I started this mission a long, long time ago because we found a lot of uh, comfort in each other once, once we broke down the barriers of two guys who, you know, get to know each other and go into it with walls up. But we took those walls down and got really open and vulnerable with each other and, and shared the struggle that we both faced trying to get better, get stronger, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And, you know, we just, we just got tired of the Instagram perfection BS. And we just wanted to show that it it is a struggle. It is very hard, but the results are in the hard work that you have to do. And, you know, we both suffer with depression and anxiety. And so we just, we really wanted to approach it from that angle of, what are the habits that can be built despite those mental health challenges to help you get out of your own way and, and live happier, healthier lives? Oh, that's awesome, Jeremy. Thank you for that. Zach, take it away. Yeah. And I'm Zach Tucker and everything Jeremy said. Um, we, <laughs> we've we been doing the show for probably four years now, four or five years almost. Yeah, five years, um, I think. Yeah. Closer to five. Oh, it's been a long time of talking to you. Yeah. I don't know if I can do I that much longer. Blah, blah but- with you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we've this it's been a great journey for both of us. Um we've we've both kind of come from different backgrounds uh that that we had to fight and struggle through and we made it. We got through to the other side and you know, this is this is our opportunity to kind of give back to the community and help other people get through these things. But again, it also keeps us accountable, keeps us up to date on the latest trends, 
Um, you know, and every now and again, we get to try free things that are like really cool that we normally wouldn't buy. Uh, so, but yeah, it's, it, it's been a really good five years. Awesome. And that's a long time. I, I, like I said, I appreciate you guys coming on the show and little did I realize how much we all have in common, right? Like I suffer from depression and, uh, mm -hmm. anxiety, not so much anxiety, but the depression at one point it was bad. Right. And like you mm -hmm. said, I couldn't yeah. even get out of my own way long enough to even figure anything out. So I definitely appreciate what you guys are doing, not only with your podcast, but with each other and, and showing people, right. Cause sometimes we need that accountability partner. Right. And, um, so like for me, for instance, I can relate, right. Cause about three, now it's a little bit over three years ago, right. I had been on antidepressant medication and mm. I was telling my wife, like i don't i don't feel happy but i don't feel sad she goes i know we just say you're there right and she, I'm yeah like, yeah what are you talking about she goes there's no highs with you and there was no lows we just you know the family would look at you and you just kind of like you're there right yeah i said yeah i think it's time right and and of course the good wife that i have right she did the research for me and she goes you know it's been about 10 years that stuff's probably not working for you anymore Mm -hmm. So I, I did the next best thing. And I said, okay, I went to my doctor. I said, I want to get off it, right? I'm going to start exercising yeah. and I'm going to start eating better. And I've been off it for three years and probably feel better than when I was on the medication, right? But this last, yeah. I got to be honest, see, like I got to find me a new accountability partner because my exercise has kind of like slacked a little bit lately, mm -hmm. yeah. right? I went from yeah. like all gung-ho at CrossFit to like lately just going, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah but but it there's, could be, there's always a tomorrow right yeah. and and i'm glad to see like everything happens because it's supposed to right so i have you guys on this show right um so tell the audience you guys like what was that tipping point like where you said we got to change right we gotta or i'm just gonna sit here and and be a couch potato and right then i'm gonna wish i did this or i wish i did that Right. See, and I just yeah. told on myself. So audience, did you catch that? I told on myself in front of all of you that now I'll get off my butt and do it. But that's kind of how we have to do it. Sometimes got to tell on ourselves and then just come up with a plan. Right. So how did you guys, what was that tipping point for you guys that, that challenge where you said, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. Let's do something different. Yeah. Um, mine was, mine was probably 20, 21, 22 years ago. Uh, I was 22. I was pretty close to 300 pounds smoked two packs of cigarettes a day drank two liters of mountain dew every single day wait wait video exact, exact, exact. stop you oh, yeah. for a second you look like you're still 22 so what do you <laughs> <laughs> i'm 43 i'm sorry. Uh, sorry go ahead but you still look like you're 22 <laughs> thank you thank you um but yeah no i was i was in pretty bad shape i was um Fortunately, somebody had helped me along, but I, you know, up until like 18, 19 years old, I was in and out of jail. I was just hanging with the wrong crowd. Um, you know, I was just going down a road I shouldn't have been going down. And fortunately, somebody got me out of there and into college, but that didn't change like my eating and my health. So I graduated college, you know, like as big as I've ever been um, and as unhealthy mentally and physically as you could ever be. Uh, my best friend worked at McDonald's, so I ate there for lunch and dinner every single day because he would feed, he'd give me free food. I can imagine. I mean, come on, you have to do that. I was a poor college student, um, and I got my first job, and that was kind of the tipping point for me because I didn't want to smell like cigarettes when I went for the interview. So I wore a nicotine patch, 
and I, you know, got the, I got the job and then I showed up for my first day and my boss looked at me and went, oh, you smoke cigarettes. I would have never hired you if I'd known you smoked. And like, I went on to have a great job there, like a great career. It was a really good starting point for my career, worked for that company for 12 years. But at that moment, I was like, oh my God, my professional career is going to suffer because of these things. So I quit. Hardest thing I ever did. Still have nightmares about quitting smoking. And and then they also announced, they were like, hey, we're going to run a 5K um, in the summertime. And everyone was going to get to leave work early. And I was like, oh, 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 I want to leave work early. I want to leave work early. I will learn how to run a 5K just so I can leave work early on a <laughs> Thursday in the summertime. So I went to my local YMCA and they had a a, a gym or a, a track in there and it was nine laps equaled one mile. And I ran around it once, once, one ninth of a mile. And I like fell over, couldn't breathe, huffing and puffing and crying. And like, you know, I'm so out of shape. I'm so terrible. But then the next day I went back and I did two, then I did three, then I did four. Before I knew it, I was running, running, running. And the weight started to come off. I ran the 5K. And then interestingly enough, six months later for Christmas, uh, somebody got me a gift and it was those, one of those runner's belts where you can put like gels and it's got two little water bottles on it. Oh, yeah. And I'll never forget that day because I opened it and I was like, this is stuff for a runner. Why, why did I get this? This, this is weird. And it like clicked and I was like, oh my God, I'm a runner. I'm an athlete. And then from then on, like the exercise was the foundation of of my mental and physical health and started eating right and started trying different things and we're in my crossfit gym that i go to now and like nice. now i work out five six days a week do yoga three four times a week eat healthy in good shape clearly look younger than i actually am and <laughs> um yeah happy happiest and healthiest i've ever been so that was my tipping point to where i am now long story sorry no that's great max jeremy you're up let's hear your tipping point yeah, so I was uh, a similar situation, not so much with the in and out of jail, but a lot of just really poor life uh, lifestyle choices and bad eating habits and, you know, wor working out and consisted of living, lifting the remote control to play video games for a few hours. And I I had the just the, the dumbest thing happen. I, one morning, you know, I was I was a new dad. I had a baby that was asleep in the next room. The grocery delivery came super early and they're knocking on the door. So I also have a dog at the time. And the dog starts barking and any new parent knows whatever it takes to keep the kid asleep, make that happen. So I step out of bed and for whatever reason, I step in a weird way and I just, my knee gave out underneath me and I collapsed to the ground and I couldn't put any weight on my knee. Just some dumb injury. Nobody ever really fully diagnosed what it was, but the physical therapist that I was going to, I was telling her about sort of my family of origin and, and previous knee injuries and, and problems in my family. And she had the wisdom to say, unless you want to end up like them and replace both of your knees, you need to get on a bike. And, you know, here I am 30 something years old and thinking, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Who, who <laughs> rides a bike at 30, you know, 35 years old or whatever I was. And so I did what I did at the time. I went and whined to my brother about this quack doctor and her terrible advice. And for whatever reason, he said to me at that time, dummy. All you need to do is go buy some bike and start commuting to work. Like you're riding a bus for 45 minutes. It can't take you much longer than that to ride a bike. Why don't you try that? And, you know, it, it just what for whatever reason, the way he said it at that time, it just clicked. I literally in that moment went, yeah, I, I can be the weird guy that rides his bike to work every day. Like I'm the weird guy for lots of reasons. Why not that one? And so within a week, I bought a bike and I started riding the nine miles to work every day. And 
I, little did I know that that was a journey that would take me on a path to where I discovered how important it was to stay present in that moment. When I was on that bike, riding through you know downtown city streets, if you're not paying attention, if you're not in that moment, if you're worried about what the guy at work said yesterday or what you know the dumb thing you said when you were 12 or whatever other regrets you have about your life, if you're not in that moment, that moment's going to end badly. And it was it was through that desire to be more present and to be more aware of my current situation that I decided to go to a therapist to to try and learn more about it. Fortunately, I found one who taught me all about meditation and dharma and, and like just that power the power of presence. And I just fell absolutely in love with it. And then in the course of now being a bike commuter, I, of course, had a crash one morning or yeah, one morning and ended up in the hospital, broken collarbone, messed up and was on, uh, was given, um, what's a, a, not Vicodin. What's the really powerful one? The, uh, oxycodone. I was given oxycodone. oxycodone. Yep. Yeah. I was given that. And at the time I'd been on antidepressants for a while and that same feeling of like, no, no, no lows, no highs, just literally surviving, going through the the motions of survival every day. And man, I started taking that oxy and I was like, that's really good. Like that's, that could be really fun. And so after a week I was like, this needs to stop or this ends badly. So I stopped taking that. And then it was really interesting how that opened up other doors for me because I stopped taking that and I thought, well, what if. I stopped drinking. What would that be like? So I decided, you know, one one New Year's Day to stop drinking for a month. <clears throat> now it's been six years without drinking. After doing that, I thought, what if I stopped taking the antidepressants? What would that do? How would that how would that change my life? And all of a sudden, you know, feelings came back, and I had to learn to deal with those without alcohol. And that's been a fun journey. So. The point is through all of this, through the the now increased physical activity, the better mental clarity, you know, I'm I'm down 70 pounds, happier and healthier than I've ever been. And it all started with just that one piece of advice, get on a bike. And then that just opened up door after door after door. And just being open to it and saying yes to those opportunities completely changed my life and, and put me on a different trajectory to now try and help others as much as I can. That's awesome. And congratulations uh for being alcohol free for six years now um yeah thank you that it's it's awesome right when i run into people that i've been sober for over 19 now um, oh nice be 20 if i make it to september right and mm -hmm. i remember when i first got sober i think it was me and this buddy of mine right and we're like hey we're gonna start working out right because they always taught us mind body and spirit right you're working on everything but you guys are not healthiest dudes we know right he was six yep. foot six and i'm five eight well, the first day we hit the gym, right? The guy does legs with us. We do legs. I hadn't done legs in I couldn't even step off the curb but I thought I was gonna fall, right? You guys know you guys laugh because you know what I'm talking. I was Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, you know what I yeah. mean? So um as I as I got sober and stayed sober, I realized the importance of not just putting the drink down, right? And on all the other stuff I was doing. But if I really wanted to feel better, I had to incorporate some exercise into my daily routine, right? And you know, over the years, I've like I've been okay. Recently, in the probably the last five is the best, except for what I told you, like I told on myself. But I've been <laughs> walking, right? Even with my back before I had my surgery, um, I would go out. I did seventy-five hard. You guys all know Andy Forsella in the seventy-five mm -hmm. hard. So I did mm -hmm. 75 hard with that bad back. 
And nice. Right. I, and then I, I have the surgery and the doctor says, I don't want you to do anything except walk, which I have talked to physical therapists and they were like, that is such the most BS advice you could have ever done. Right. I'm like, now you tell me. Yeah. But I did. I just walked, but I have a lot of hills. So it's not like I'm walking flat. I'm going up and down hills. Right. And what I realized, like listening to you guys, right. It's, it's making that decision to be a healthier person. Right. And it doesn't matter what you were facing, whether you were like Zach, 300 pounds and just eating like crap, or you and I, you know, Jeremy, where we're drinking ourselves to bed every night. Maybe not that, but you know what I mean? My addiction right. was bad. Right. And see, when I got, I was going in and out of jail too, Zach. Right. And so when I got out of jail and got sober, it was like, I will never do a burpee ever again. But you know, in CrossFit, oh yeah, you do burpees all it's, the time. <laughs> you have to do burpees. There's no right. other way. <laughs> so, but um, it's reason number fourteen why I don't go to CrossFit. By the way, reason number fourteen if you're keeping track at home. Um, right. So <laughs> I remember the first day I, I got to the CrossFit gym, right, and they were, one one of the exercises was burpees, and I was like, I kind of looked up. Okay, like you got a funny sense of humor, God, right? You knew I didn't want to do this, but now here I am, right? <laughs> um. So, I mean, like tell the audience, right? Because I know like for me, I'm just that type of personality, right? I'll hear you guys and then I'm going to go like, if I was new to exercise, I'm going to go do what they do. I'm going to buy a bike. I'm going to go to a CrossFit gym and then I'm going to do that. And then I'll be cursing you guys out as I'm laying on the ground because I'm ready to <laughs> die, right? Like, but they said yeah. I could do this, right? But tell the uh, tell the audience like to get healthy, right? It's not an overnight uh, thing, right? that how should they start like with diet mm -hmm. or exercise like give them the things that you guys did to get you to the point where you're at today right because that like getting on a bike and riding 30 miles did not you your brother didn't say hey jeremy get a bike okay i'm gonna go for a 30 mile ride today right or hey zach right. start working out oh i'm at the crossfit gym you don't have to worry about that right Right. Like you said, I've done those laps where I've like that first day at the gym, right? I was debating have these guys either carry me to the car or call my wife and have to pick me up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, yeah. I'm like you guys. I believe that exercise should be a part, at least of my daily routine, because mm -hmm. it, it releases those natural endorphins that make us feel good. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, give the give the audience your perspective on that kind of stuff and how they should start and, you know, and. Here's what I want to get to eventually, though, is how they can stick to it, right? Because we know a lot of people, myself included, have started off strong, you know, where that rabbit, but then the turtle passes is up because it's that slow and steady, right? I should have did the slow yeah, and yeah. steady. So <laughs> let them know, like, what your what your guys' perspective is on that. Yeah, my, so, I mean, going all the way back to the beginning, right? It was, it was literally just do a little bit more than I did yesterday, a little bit more than I did yesterday and start with whatever that limit is so for me it was one ninth of a mile is all i could do and when i say running like i'm using big air quotes here i don't think it was running i think it was more like a rolling kind of thing that i did but that's what i could do <laughs> that's all i could do so do what you can do don't overdo it and then the next day just a little bit more the next day a little bit more um but fast forward to I don't know what, two years ago, I, I got hurt at a CrossFit gym that I was at because it was kind of, it was a CrossFit gym that was very much full of meatheads. Like everyone was like, oh, you only, you only back squat 325 pounds. Pff, 
ah, whatever. Right. So I was lifting more than I should have been lifting because I was trying to compete with everyone and doing more than I should have. And then I ended up getting hurt and going to another CrossFit gym. And I went in and talked to the coach and basically told her all of my things. I was like, look, my ego is going to try and get in the way. I'm going to try and lift more than I can. I'm going to tell you I know how to do this thing, but I really don't. So, you know, please help me. Please watch me. Um, and she did. She she is a good coach. Like, I believe in finding people who know what they're doing and then doing that with them because they're going to help you achieve, unlock so much more success than you can on your own. So I started, you know, my back squats with an empty barbell and I felt so stupid, but that's what I could do in that moment. And like now I can do over 300. So like it's, it's a progression, but that was two years ago. Um, so for me, it's start small, start with what you can do, do a little bit better than you did yesterday and go find a coach, like go find someone who knows everything about what it is you're trying to do and let them help you tell them all of the things that you sabotage yourself with and, and just give them all the ammo and let them help you because you're not in it alone other people can help you that's awesome that's exactly what did you listen audience hear that let that sink in mm-hmm. go ahead jeremy <laughs> i was just gonna the only thing i was gonna add really was the the idea that you know and, and you alluded to this the idea of the decision point there is a point in this progress where or, or this process where you will think oh i need to lose 50 pounds oh i need to lose 20 pounds oh i need to start working out these big lofty like nothing goals right they, they they don't mean anything it's just this thing that is hanging over your head and, and making you feel a certain way about yourself and for me i had to decide i'm the weird guy who rides a bike and it was really easy because once i got on it it was super fun so i did it a lot i started you know that nine mile ride that i did you know each way every day the first day was not nine miles i drove halfway so that i could ride the four and a half miles very slowly and get there but over time i built up and was able to do then the full nine miles there and then eventually the nine miles back as well and you know so that so that's that's the key is this it has to be something you love or or at least like enough to do every single day and just commit to that. I'm the person that goes for a 10 minute walk every day. I'll tell you a story about last year. I, I was trying to restart my fitness routine last year and we had Tony Horton, you know, P90X founder on our show. And I'm whining to him about how much I hate the gym. I don't want to go to the gym. It sucks. How do I, how do I do this, Tony? Get me, get me off my butt. And he said, dude, your why sucks. You don't have a purpose. You don't have a reason to go that drives you out the door. And he's right. Like the narcissist in me, like I, I love my kids. They're not enough for, to get me in the gym every morning. It's just not <laughs> enough. I'd love to stick around and live a long life for them. That's not as much about me as I'm comfortable with. It needs to be more about me. Right. So when I started that routine that he told me to do, like, you know, he, he helped me find a good enough purpose to get going. I literally started by putting on my calendar for that week. These are the times I can go to the gym. I never went. At the end of that week, I looked back at the calendar and I said, you know, all that nonsense you tell yourself about how you don't have time. Look right there. You had plenty of time. You never went. So the next week I put on my shoes every morning. That's as far as I got. I didn't get out the door. I didn't go to the gym, but I got the shoes on. Then, you know, the next day out the door, the next day, just walked to the gym because there's a gym in my community. It's like a five minute walk. So even lamer excuse, right? Right. But I walked to the gym. And so it was just incremental, just step by step, literally just getting to the gym took several days. 
from there, it was just more and more gradually, gradually increasing and having a plan, right? Like if you walk into a gym and look at all this random stuff, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Should I lift that run over there? What, what do I do? That's where, again, like that coach can come in now. I mean, you can, you can find any workout routine on YouTube or any, you know, artificial intelligence generator, it'll, it'll write a workout <laughs> routine for you. There's, right. it couldn't be easier. There couldn't be more information to help you develop a, a workout routine now. It all comes down to this blob of meat between your ears that gets in your way and tells you, I'll, I'll go after lunch. I'll go tonight when the kids are, I'll go to, I'll start next week, Monday, New Year's. Right. <clears throat> you, you have to just decide I'm the person who does this and commit to it and stop negotiating with your goals. Stop negotiating with the future version of you and just decide I'm the guy that does this now and just stick to it. It's, I mean, it sucks. There is no shortcut. It's the hard work and parenting yourself and making yourself get out the door yeah. and get it done. I love it because I remember doing that too. I wore my whole workout outfit the night before in bed, right? When I first went to that CrossFit because <laughs> I knew if I wasn't dressed in the morning, I wasn't going to do it, right? Yeah, I think uh, Mel Robbins puts her workout outfit on the floor, like right next to her bed. So she literally has to walk over it and decide <laughs> not to work out if she's going to do that. So. Right. And it's like you said, it's that decision we make. It was like when COVID hit, right? And they shut everything down. Well, I turned my garage, right? We don't use it to park our cars. So I turned it into a gym. I was better shaping during COVID than I ever had been because it's, I made that decision. I don't care how cold it is or how hot it is. I'm walking out my front door and I'm going into the garage, right? And that's where I did 75 hard, my, my indoor workouts. And, and then I would walk and, and, you know, I have to hear myself say this because now when I get off this call, I'm going to go in the front of the mirror and have a good ass chewing session with myself for being lazy lately. Right. Because you guys are showing my audience. Right. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to make that decision and start. Right. It all like Tony said. Right. We all with anything, though, in life. Right. If our why is big enough, we'll do it. Right. That's why I do what I do, right? Not only as a substance abuse counselor, but with my private clientele, right? I have a, such a huge why. It's what wakes me up in the morning before my freaking alarm half the time. Now I just mm -hmm. got to make sure that the fitness part isn't aligned with all that stuff and quit being yeah. lazy, right? Um, but we just had grandbaby number 10, right? Congratulations. Well, me, That's amazing. Wow. Congrats. Right yeah, right before Christmas, right? So like I have a huge why now. So mm -hmm. it's it's time to quit the excuses right so like i always say everything happens on time perfectly that's why you guys mm -hmm. are here so yeah. um share with my audience so do you guys coach people what do you guys do to help people take that step like what are some of the things you guys do together that like you're raw get get moving get your ass in the gym everybody because you can do it <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, fortunately, we don't have that burden with with what we do. We do we do this podcast to build community. We do this okay. podcast to help people that are struggling with mental health issues like we do to build these habits, to figure out what does it take to actually do it and stop making excuses, getting in our own way, limit, you know, li listening to old limiting beliefs, all the garbage that that just constantly gets in the way. So we don't we don't work as coaches. We you know okay. we are capable of doing it, but we have other things that that we do in our our you know day lives. So ultimately, you, you know, we just try and introduce these ideas to people one step at a time, so that they can try them one step at a time. I mean, as of today, we have 164, 165 episodes. 
we don't do all 165 things that, that we've talked about. We've experimented with them. We've studied them. We've, we've come in contact with them one way or another, but we are literally here to help guys like us, you know, 10, 12 years ago that felt like, oh God, I just, I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of waking up feeling like garbage. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better human being, like whatever it is. But all the stuff that that we put up in our own way, we just wanted to show people that, you know, bit by bit, you can start to tear that down and start to build the life that you really want. It just takes, it takes the commitment and the uh, resilience to get through those hard times because they're, again, we all want the, we want the magic pill. We want the thing that's going to make it happen overnight. And so we put it off for years and years and years waiting for that magic discovery to make the thing happen. When all the time had we been just doing the hard work and laying the foundation, by the time we figured out, we probably would have been there. So we just want to help people figure that out sooner than we did. Do you hear that, everybody? They're going to help you figure it out because uh, your lame host right here who has been lazy lately, right? But see, this is why I do that, right? Because I, I know I learn from you guys, right? Like, uh, I believe in accountability and it's the only reason I have stayed sober for over 19 years now, right? Because I've had that. So mm -hmm. I've had the same sponsor, right? And this is not about recovery, but I've had that same man in my life for night over 19 years, right? That mm -hmm. yeah. when I needed someone to go to, he was the one that either said, okay, you're on the right path, keep going. Or, Hey, why don't you go this, go right a little bit instead of left. Cause I see you going off a cliff. If you go left, keep going down mm -hmm. that route. Uh, and it's the same thing with fitness, right? Like you said, I heard, Zach, you guys say get a coach, right? Get someone that's going to mm -hmm. teach you to do it the right way. And I like the, the reason you said that because it reminded me when I went into this gym, right? And yes, I'll tell on myself, I got a long lecture for my wife. Don't act like you're some be, you know, badass that you can do this. <laughs> Remember, you're almost 55 years old and, you know, just take it slow. But I did the same thing, right? So I had... um not only my back surgery, I've had right ankle surgery and I had shoulder surgery about 10 years ago and they nicked a nerve. So I have no shoulder, mm. right? So oh, when I geez. go in there with a sweatshirt, right, I got to tell the coach, I said, look, I have a hard time with doing overhead stuff because I have no shoulder. And he looks like, what are you talking? And then I, I have to grab their hand and go, and they go, holy shit. Like that's bone. I go, I told you, I got no, but I did what you said, right? I started very light. And as I progressed, I was able to do the bar with, you know, the two um, tens or fifteens on each side, right, and and do an overhead press. But nice. I always have nice. to tell myself, I'm winning because I showed up, right? Yeah. That kept me out of that. That would That's keep me it. out of that competition mode where, oh, right, because there's a girl that actually competes. Like the first time I went, right, Carrie Sandoval, she competes in all the big games, right? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I walk into the gym and I see her and I'm ready to walk out. I'm like, I am not working out next to that girl. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no way, no how. Because either I'm going to hurt myself or she's going to laugh at me, right? Like, that's all you can lift. <laughs> but she was very nice, very sweet, of course. But that's I had to do what you did, Zach, right? I had to tell on myself and say, look, I'm 55 almost. My brain tries to tell me I'm 21 still and I can still lift this stuff. So just please like keep an eye out on me. If you see me doing it wrong, please teach me to do it the right way so that I don't hurt myself. Cause I do want to come back. Right. And the guy, luckily yeah. he laughed and he yeah. goes, I got you. I got you. So, right. And that's how we do it. Right. We, we, we find the people that are out there to help us, not harm us. 
And in this process of becoming better people, right? We start hanging around those people like you and yep. uh, you and Zach did Jeremy, right? And Zach and because when you find people that are like-minded, they're, you know what I mean? Or that saying, right? You are the direct result of the five people you hang out with. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, Jeremy and right. So if I'm hanging around five thieves, I'm going to be the sixth. But if I'm hanging around mm-hmm. five millionaires, I'm probably going to be the sixth or five healthy people, right? I'm going to be the sixth healthy person. So, yeah. um, you know, you guys have shared some really great stuff here. What else do you think you could share with my audience that will help them on their, because this is more than just being physically fit, right? It's becoming better mm-hmm. people. Share with yeah, them some, yeah. some of your thoughts and stuff like, you know, through fitness and, and the stuff you guys do that will help them become better, better human beings. Yeah. So, so two things. So one, like just on the, again, I, there's that, that old, uh, that old joke, like, how do you know somebody has CrossFit? Cause they're going to tell you about it, <laughs> but, um, and it's not specifically CrossFit, but like gyms or wherever you go, like, not only is it really important to find a place with like a good coach, but find a place with a good community. Like I have a lot of really good friends that I've made at the gym that I go to. Um, so just know that like gyms are not just for working out. They are also there for like a social aspect. If you, if you let it happen. Um, and then the other thing for me has been what's been transformative in my life for my physical and mental health has been getting comfortable with being wrong exploring all of these beliefs that i've had since childhood where you know my father said i was fat my mother said i was stupid so and so said i was you know never going to amount to anything and those truths to this day stick with me and you know other things like well you know we should all be eating dairy right or dairy is fine for you it's it's not good for me my own personal health so every single day i'm always asking okay i believe this wholeheartedly what if i'm wrong what if it's not true and what would i be if i believed something else like and really explore it and be open to being wrong so there's a great power in accepting the fact that you don't know everything you can be wrong and if you change your mind about something your whole world can change so i changed my mind about whether i was stupid or not turns out i'm kind of smart so like it completely changed my entire life when i took that belief explored it realized that it was wrong and changed the story so again it's being wrong is not necessarily a bad thing it's uncomfortable you're going to be frustrated but those are the moments when we truly grow as human beings i agree what about you jeremy what's your take on that well a couple things one on the on the community aspect of the gym Uh, again that's reason number 38 why i don't go to crossfit because i'm not i'm not a social butterfly i'm not there for the friends i'm not there to hang out and you know get jacked bro so if you're like me if you're the introvert and you don't want to you know have that pressure of comparing yourself to others in the same room or whatever it is try you know the home workout videos there's so many you can you can get access to stuff and do this not so much on your own, like you can have a connection to someone who can guide you on this path, but sometimes maybe that's your brother, maybe that's your friend, it's your mom, somebody who you can just say, I don't even need your direction. I just need to be able to tell you I did this today so that it holds me accountable for the promise that I've made myself that I'm the kind of person who does this now. So community in this realm means different things to different people. So that's point number one. The other one, 
you know, I, I I feel I feel bad hearing your response when I say things like it's hard work. You have to parent yourself. You have to decide. You have to show up. And I hear you respond by saying, "Oh, I've got to get off my lazy ass or whatever." It takes so much self compassion, so much forgiveness, so much self love to get past that. Because if if you're hearing this interview. And you're hearing me say these things. You're like, oh, I'm just, I'm a lazy POS. I got to get my ass in the gym. I guarantee you, you are not going to go to the gym because you will see it as a punishment. You will see it as I should have done this. I didn't. I'm a piece of crap. I'm not going to go. But if you hear what we're saying and you can approach it from a perspective of, I love myself enough to give this a try. I love myself enough that I'm going to commit to doing better for me for the people around me, for my boss, for like whatever whatever the why is for you, don't take this as a beatdown. Don't take this as a reason to punish yourself. As someone who has battled depression my entire life, and I know I've, I know you have as well, all it takes is that one trigger of, oh, I am a lazy piece of crap. And the next thing you know, you're in a dark room for a week because it was the yeah. trigger that it took to spiral you down. Don't let that shit win. Take this as your opportunity to love yourself enough to do something better. Tell yourself literally in the mirror, I love you enough to do better. And it starts now. I guarantee that's going to get your ass in the gym a lot faster than kicking your own ass about all the things you should have done up till now. No. And you're, you know, you're absolutely right. Right. Cause I have to walk to walk and talk to talk. Right. Cause I wouldn't talk to a client of mine like that. Like, Hey, you piece right? of shit, get the fuck off right. and go do that. Right. I can do that. Right. And I did that out of fun. But I get sure. what you're saying, right? Because if I keep that up, I know with depression, right? That'll stick in my brain. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I'll be laying on my bed going, well, why do I feel this way? And then I'll go, mm-hmm. oh, I was telling Jeremy and Zach what a lazy piece of, you know, what I am. And, and now it's stuck yep. again. Because I can relate to you guys on every level. I got told, like, so, like, when it came to math, right? Like, that gene from my dad sped by me and my brother, like, supersonic right (laughs) and and at one point i was told i was stupid right because i had to use a calculator so i get it right and i have to remind myself that hey man you passed a college statistics class you're not stupid you just needed extra help in learning how the formulas work and and you're so right jeremy right like i can't like even in jest i have to really be aware of that because if i'm doing it to myself who am I going to do that to? That's like my grandchild, right? Even though I think I'm well, and joking. your brain hears it. Whatever yeah. your brain hears, it processes as real. So if you tell yeah. yourself I'm lazy, even if you're kidding, it goes, "Yep, lazy," yeah. and it triggers that. And so your your yeah. thoughts become your words, become your actions, and all of a sudden, yeah, you're that lazy piece of crap that won't get off the couch because right. you decided to be because your depression told you it was true. It's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, right. and, and I, that, one of the tricks that I have is whenever I have that moment of like, "You're a piece of shit." I imagine saying that exact same line that I'm saying to me to my 11-year-old daughter and then go, would I say that to her? No, I wouldn't. So I will not say that to myself either. Yep. And I got to remind myself to do that because I've done the same thing. I got kids and grandkids now, so I got to be extra aware. Um, So thank you for that reminder. And I I needed it, right? And um, and I forgot what I was going to say, but when it comes to that, right, and, and you guys know that us who suffer from depression, I think we we have to always be extra aware how we're talking to ourselves, oh, right? Because like you said, the yeah. brain, our subconscious doesn't 
know if it's real or imagine it everything is real to it right that's why they say mm -hmm. we have to have that positive self-talk so our brain could just say oh everything's good right and keep going in that direction yeah. um and well and like you said about your kids and about your grandkids like that's a that's a very real thing too those things especially if you're saying them out loud even if you're joking about yourself your children your grandchildren hear that and they depending on how old they are very young kids do not separate their reality from yours so if it's true for you it's right. true for them and all of a sudden they're a four-year-old that's telling themselves they're lazy right. and it creates the cycle and they just keep going and all of a sudden they're 35 45 55 going oh man i've been a lazy piece of crap my whole life i don't know how to get out of my own way it's because these seeds were planted when we were kids listening to people say terrible things about themselves that we owned as our own identity yep. and so we have to be so careful about what we say about ourselves especially out loud but also you know in in our own heads when we're trying to just convince ourselves to do something and just don't do it from a place of punishment it's just never going to work right and you guys know who david goggins is right and oh yeah he's the extreme when it comes to a human being right he's the only he one is. like when i read his book in that that first race he did right in order to do that one in baker oh yeah we got a hundred mm -hmm. mile race in san diego you got to do 100 miles in 24 hours or less two days notice he decides he's going to do it right he's just off the charts but i get what he says when he says learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable Right? That's where the growth because, happens, man. Absolutely, right? So when we're being positive with ourselves, especially if we're so used to being our own worst enemy, I, I agree. So when we're having that uh, positive self-talk and those po positive affirmations and then we're telling ourselves we're doing good, right? That's where I'm learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable because first- I'm going to tell you, man, that is some of the hardest work I have ever done is believe my own bullshit when I'm telling myself that I love me and that I'm worth something and I'm lovable and all the things. Those are things that I have for a very long time not believed about myself. And so that is one of the biggest growth points for me is learning how to hear that and believe it and own Absolutely. it as who I am. You know, and it's it's funny, even though I've been sober a long time, right? Like I have to thank my wife for helping me realize and do what you just said, right? Believe that it's true. Because mm -hmm. she'll always tell me, you know, like you're the kindest, most kind-hearted guy I've ever met you know you love people you really try to help people and there was a time when i first met her i go Psh. like what did i slip into your drink or something you know what i mean like i know you're being <laughs> nice and all but and she's like we don't drink remember and i'm like okay but i get it right because um now i have become more aware and i'm glad we did this too because now you're right because i could be in my room saying this stuff but if my grandchild's at the door listening in you're right mm -hmm. you just reminded me of how aware I need to be. That's why uh, I started practicing mindfulness, right? That being present in the mm -hmm. moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even when those crazy thoughts come in, I acknowledge it, don't judge it, and I let it go and okay, on to the next one, right? So I don't have to dwell on that yeah, stuff. Man. Wow, this has been a great time, you guys, right? Like we could probably go on for hours and hours and hours. Um, but there's a couple questions I like to ask you guys that I ask my guests, right? Um, I'll start with Jeremy. Um so I like to ask my guests a couple questions right after the the title of my book. So fearless, Jeremy, what does fearless mm. mean to you and how does that show up in your life? I don't know that fearless is possible. I I will say that that <clears throat> I guess the closest thing that it strikes for me is is the idea of bravery. Bravery is the is the idea of being afraid and taking action anyways. 
that's what so much of this stuff is. I mean, when we start digging deep, when we start, when you put down the bottle and start facing your feelings for the first time, that there's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of uncertainty. I don't know what that looks like. There's a, you know, you walk into the gym for the first time. I'm scared. I don't know what to do here. I'm going to hurt myself. This is crazy. But taking action anyways, even when you're facing that fear, I mean, to me, I guess that's fearless. That's bravery. That's that's what it takes is to be able to look at that at that fear and decide, not only am I not afraid of it, I'm running straight into it so that I can learn how to get over it so that when I get past it and I find the next one, I have this piece of evidence that shows I did it that time. Why can't I do it again? So I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, absolutely. It's not being fearless, but fearing <laughs> less is what I heard. Yes. So, right. And and I can relate to that. A third meeting I ever went to, old timer lady goes, I got good news and I got bad news. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And she's like, you get to feel, but you get to feel. And I was like, at first I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, what is she talking about? And then the things happen. And then I'm like, God, I hate that lady right now. But yet I yeah. want to give her a hug. I get what she's saying. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because we start facing totally. the stuff, right, of years of abuse, and and then you got to face it, right, and you can't mm-hmm. hide in the bottle or the drugs, and my both in my case, right, and yeah, man. So, but um, I love that, right? It's, I love what you said, Jeremy. So, Zach, what's your take on it? On uh, what does fearless mean to you, and how does that show up in your life? Yeah, we crossed it out I... of it, though. We know you're brave. We yeah. know you do cross it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to stray too far from what Jeremy said. I, I think it, it, it is really, it's impossible to, you know, not have fear about things, but I really do try and embrace that moment. Like when I'm starting to feel afraid about anything, uh, and I have, my anxiety runs really high. So I'm afraid about a lot of things like taking a left-hand turn out of a parking lot into a busy street. Yep. That, I, I'm always afraid of that. Um, but I really do try and take a moment when i'm feeling that fear to really acknowledge it to accept it and go hey you are fearful for something is a tiger chasing you are you gonna die is there a bear about to bite your head off no okay if none of that's true then you're gonna survive you're gonna get through it you just need to work on it and actually just do the process so i i actually imagine whenever i'm afraid about something like uh, I, I hate public speaking, but I have to public speak almost every day. You know, if if the meeting's 10 to 1030, like, okay, at 1031, you're good. You're golden. <laughs> right? Right. You won't be afraid then. It's going to be over. It's not going to last forever. You're not going to die. So to Jeremy's point, like being afraid, acknowledging that fear, saying, okay, I see you. I hear you. Thank you for trying to protect me. Thank you for trying to keep me safe, but I got to do this thing anyway. So that's, that's my answer. I don't know if I answered it well, but no, you did perfectly. Right. It's like, the truth is, and you both said it, right. Are we really going to be fearless? No, not. I don't think Mm -hmm. in our lifetimes, there's always going to be something that creeps up. But like you both said, it's facing it, right. Knowing, okay, I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway, especially if it's going to help us grow as a human being. Right. Usually that's where most of the fear, that fear of the unknown or fear of change. Right. Uh, I believe is what makes us brave and courageous, right? Because we face those fears because we're all trying to be better parents, you know, better men, better husbands, better fathers, in my case, better grandfather, um, right? Because I know when I hold that baby sometimes a little and I'm like, ooh, 
you know, I got to be brave with this little one right here, right? Because, you know, mm -hmm. and that's why my sponsor always said, keep a little thug, man. You never know when you might need it. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's so right. I always tell my kids, I go, I, you know, you've never seen it, but trust me, grandpa has a little bit there just for those special <laughs> occasions. <laughs> that's right. Um, I'll find a side. So happiness, right? I put a Y in there for a reason. So knowing I put that Y in there, what does happiness mean to you, Zach? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Well, you know, I go to the CrossFit gym. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually do. I, I, um, you know, happiness for me is, is really, I've got like a baseline level of things that I need to do and exercise is one of them. Um, and I'm happy to send you an accountability text when I wake up every morning at 4 30 AM <laughs> every day. <laughs> Where um, are you at? I, actually, because <laughs> that's five. an excellent question. I'm I glad wear, you asked. Him I that. wake up at five every morning. Uh, I'm in New York. Oh, okay. Oh, damn. That'll be three o'clock my time. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no happiness for me. Like, again, I, I have a routine and I have things that I know are my foundation and my baseline. So, exercise is one of them. You know, certain uh, nutrients and vitamins that I take are, are, are other things. Uh, meditation, like, I have this, like, this recipe of things that I have to do first thing in the morning, take care of me, me time, really selfish, really, really selfish. Take care of me. Then I can go take care of the rest of the world. And I do all that first thing in the morning so that by eight o'clock in the morning, I'm done and I can go serve and I can go do all the things for all the other people that I need to do. Uber service for my daughter, like, you know, just all those things. But when I miss that time for myself in the morning, like I get a little grumpy, I get hangry, I get, you know, bite people's heads off and I'm not happy. So doing those things, winning first thing in the morning for me just sets the whole day up for a lot of success. And like you said earlier, get those chemicals in your brain, like working out first thing in the morning gets those chemicals flowing for me. So that that's my happiness. And really just being able to show up for my daughter, for my family, for my friends, in the best way that I can, knowing that I took care of myself first. Awesome. I love it. You're up, Jeremy. What does happiness mean to you? To me, happiness is a fleeting byproduct of the hard work that I do every day. It's it, it's something that I, I think I, as I, as I'm sitting here thinking of this answer, it's something that I think I'm trying to let go of because I've for my entire life chased this idea that one day I could be happy, just, just giddy fucking happy all the time. And it's just not real. It's not going to happen. So I try to just accept that there are times when happiness will come into my life and, and rather than sabotage it the way I normally do and try and figure out, well, pain's going to follow this. So I better squash this down right away. I'm learning to just sit with it, allow it to be there. And then try to land somewhere in content, just that like things are good, right? Like I'm, I'm not being chased by a tiger. No, I don't eat perfect every day. Yeah, I try to move and, and do hard things every day. And as a result, I'm able to be content more. And that just allows me the space and the capacity to feel the happiness when it comes and sit with it. But then also when, you know, when times are tough, it, it allows me the ability to know that that's temporary and that content is where I live now. And so in both cases, I just try to ride them out. 
to get back to content. So, so I think happiness is just the byproduct of the work. It's it's the getting up at you know I also get up at five, and meditate, journal, exercise, all the things to to take care of me because I got a lot of people counting on me, and if I'm not at my best, then I'm going to let them all down. And for me, that's that's the why. It's the people that are counting on me to be there. I got to do it. Uh, and and so if I can do that, I guess that that creates moments of happiness for me. Absolutely. And we got to take care of ourselves first, right? I even, I even was taught in the beginning of my recovery, right? Like there's a selfish part of the program. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me to be helpful. What do you mean be selfish? He goes, if you don't take care of you first, you're not going to get this. And then how are you going to help someone else? get sober and mm-hmm. i was like oh okay i get it right it's like that whole that um analogy right the airplane when oxygen do yours first then you can help other people right so if we don't oxygenate ourselves or take care of ourselves mm-hmm. like you said i don't think i would be able to to be there for my wife or my kids or grandkids right because then i would be too spent because i'd already mm-hmm. trying to right so like i even switched up my morning routine i i quit calling a routine i call it a ritual for me, ritual sound routine was like, oh God, I gotta do it again. But then I started yep. saying ritual and I'm all excited. Oh, cool. I got my morning. Language ritual. matters, right? Uh, Using absolutely. the right words. <laughs> yeah. The the analogy that I like to use rather than the airplane one, and, and this is tough for you know recovering addicts, but the the champagne fountain, right? If you went around filling every glass at the bottom and hoping that by the time you got to your glass at the top, there's gonna be some left, ain't gonna be there. But if you start at the top, it overflows right. and fills everyone below. So that's it's a much more celebratory vision than I'm dying <laughs> in a cr- in a plane that's crashing to the ground. Gotta gotta do what I can to survive. You can <laughs> use a sparkling cider for that. Come on, that's true. Sparkling cider would work. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, <laughs> man. This has been awesome, you guys. Uh, I, again, appreciate you for taking the time out of your busy schedules and spending it with me. Um, so let my audience know if they want to listen to you, where do they find your podcast? Yeah. So whatever podcast player you're using to listen to this right now, go ahead and search for The Fit Mess. So not fitness, but fit mess, because this whole where it's messy work. So we like to shine a light on <laughs> the hard work it takes to get here. So, so search for us for The Fit Mess in your podcast player right now and hit subscribe. Uh, and then once you've done that, check out our website, thefitmess.com. I love it. Well, you're not off the hook just yet before we go. So there's always one. My last question I like to ask my guests is, right, what is one piece of advice you guys would give my audience to help them grow as a human being, to help them become a better person? Mm. Well, I used up a lot of my 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 ammo already here on, <laughs> on the show. We've been talking for a while. Um, I, I really, you know, we already talked about it, and I think – I just think it's so important. We, Jeremy mentioned it and it's called self, self-compassion, self like being okay, like taking that moment wherever you are, if you don't like where you are and you have goals and you want to change your life and you want to go to that next level, just be okay with who you are right now. Like just accept that. Like a lot of people will say, how you doing? And you say, okay, like really, really think about that. Are you sick? Are you dying? You know, are you are you in a really bad spot or are you just okay and you want to be better like that that actually has gotten me through a lot of days where like where i started to feel like shit about myself but then i had to pull it back and just say i'm okay i love me i love me right now yes i'm not where i want to be but i'm okay and just mm-hmm. that self compassion that acceptance and that being okay with where you are now because wherever you are in your journey it's the perfect place to be
it's where you're supposed to be or you'd be somewhere else right right what are your thoughts jeremy so i i guess i would just add there's there's a million thoughts racing in my head of how i want to address this and i knew it was going to slip as soon as it was my turn uh I guess I guess I'll go back to what what Zach said and and what we sort of highlighted is it, don't don't be afraid to ask for help, man. Like this stuff is so hard, and if, especially if you're like me and you're you know you're in your 40s, there's things that you've been getting wrong for 25 years. If you ain't figured it out yet, time to ask for some help. So if if you're struggling with whatever weight mental health addiction love sex addiction like whatever whatever the thing is that has just been the monkey on your back and you don't know how to let it go somebody's figured it out so don't be afraid to ask for help from a coach from a friend from someone who's just a few steps ahead of you whoever it is but but it's time to ask for help when when it's been a while and you haven't figured it out on your own awesome i appreciate that you guys Thank you guys so much for taking the time to be with me. I had a great time. We'll probably have to do this again. I bet you we'll have some stories next time. We can, um, <laughs> but uh, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for for bringing such value to my audience. I think they're going to get a lot out of this. I know I did. I appreciate you guys. And yeah, you guys, if if you got something, if Jeremy and Zach made you think, made you go, hmm, if they made you smile, if we made you laugh, Please leave a five-star review. And until then, we'll see you next time. Have a great night, everybody, or morning, or whatever. <laughs> You've been listening to Fearless Happiness. The numbers on addiction are absolutely stunning. Max lived in addiction for years, and during that time, made some terrible choices, losing his family, friends, and career. But he turned his life around, and now Max works as a substance abuse counselor helping people in their recovery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show, and we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at maxnaced.com, on Facebook at max.naced. Till next time, keep the fight, and we'll see you soon.